0: Welcome to the Investor Shed Podcast with Nick Beveridge, the ultimate source for all things investing and beyond. For free tools, tips, and tricks, go to NorthIdahoRei.com. Today's episode features Nathan Price. Nathan is a wide-range investor with experience in wholesaling, buying rental properties, flipping houses, and Airbnbs. They talk about network marketing, Robert Kiyosaki's influence, the importance of passive income, and much more. Stay tuned. Okay, so we got Nathan Price here. Um, You are a mega investor. You do all kinds of things from wholesaling, buying, rental properties, flipping houses. Anything else?
1: Uh, Airbnb. We have uh, three Airbnbs, um, and that is—it's pretty much it in in the real estate sector. I guess
0: that's it. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So over. Nathan, tell me. Um, I, I'm sorry. I know you don't like doing this kind of stuff, but thank you for doing it. Yeah, glad absolutely. Only sure. uh, hounding you for a few months. Yeah, worked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, eventually, I come around.
0: Tell me uh, what what first got you interested in real estate? How how old were you, and what were you doing?
1: Um, yeah, good good question. So, it actually it stems back a ways, um, maybe 12, 13 years ago or so. I was in, involved in a, uh, in a network marketing company and, okay. um, which one? it was ACN. Oh, I was yeah, in ACN. Were you? Yeah. Probably 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. That's like so that. funny. Yeah. There, I know we signed that, up together.
0: And maybe, yeah. Five, uh, 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I
1: wonder, I wonder if I was in your downline. Hmm.
0: Uh, I w- I had no one in my downline. Uh, yeah, I didn't either, except for maybe my <laughs> girlfriend at the time, which I signed right. up and it was just a waste.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I I I'm sure you probably mimic the same emotions that I have about network marketing companies, just kind of on a on a mass scale. Um, not not a huge fan of them, but one thing that is really good about them is they teach you how to sell. They yeah. teach you about rejection. They, it's just the very personal growth oriented so it was during that time when i first read uh and got introduced to rich dad poor dad um I, was, I
0: can mirror your story there yeah Yeah. i mean it was it was one of the first times when going to the acm meetings was like the first time i ever kind of learned about like residual income and right. robert kiyosaki and that book was introduced to me there
1: yeah right um
0: and even though acn wasn't much of an opportunity but it like it was like a gateway drug into it was. <laughs> it was it
1: totally was yeah, yeah but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So that was a, a gateway drug, um, uh, uh, read, yeah, read rich dad, poor dad. Um, and then just my, my mind was blown. My paradigm shifted. I had a, I had a, a job at the time working in an insurance uh, company. Um, and I, so I just started consuming books, read all the rich dad or the, the first three books anyways, um. And then just kind of really got fascinated with the concept of passive income, and uh, you know what what is a liability, what is an asset. Yeah. Um, and sorry to pause you. So for those who don't know, which three books are you talking about? It was uh, it Rich was Dad, uh, Portad, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. Those were really the big biggest yeah. two ones. And then he had. Uh, I think that his third one was like guide to investing or something but it was right. uh it was a couple other ones that um that I read I can't remember the names off the top of my head's but those those were the two that were like just completely blew my mind and Yeah, kind of- Cashflow Quadrant was like you've got to
0: read that book right after Rich Dad Poor Dad cuz yep. Rich Dad Poor Dad, like will introduce you to the idea of like hey you should just probably go get rich <laughs> but doesn't really right. teach you how to yeah. do anything. Yeah or, or numbers or anything, but then yeah, if you follow it up with cashflow quadrant, um, I think, I think it's like a must read.
1: I, I do too. And you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of, uh, real estate interviews before. I know you've given a lot of interviews and, and like, it seems the one thing that we all, we investors all have in common is the impact that Kiyosaki's first two books made on all of us. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very far-reaching.
0: Yeah, he's definitely probably single-handedly created so many damn millionaires. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, was, Can't Yeah, really his, keep track of that data, I'm sure. His,
1: his idea, that was incredibly revolutionary for so many of us, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: So how old were you at the time? You don't look that old. you 36, 36 is... right now. Okay, um, so you were fresh so, out of high school?
1: No, I was... So my wife and I had... Recently gotten married. We're probably married a, a couple of years. We okay. had our first property uh, over in the West Central area, um, twenty four hundred block of West Sharp over in Spokane. Um, it was, uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so we moved in there. Uh, we were we lived there a couple of years, um, and then the so we bought it right at the top of the market, the, before the last market crash, so like 2006, yeah, seven. yeah uh, 2007 is when we bought it. And then yeah. you know, shortly after that, about six months, the, the bottom fell out. So, um, we didn't have a ton of equity in the house, uh, so we couldn't really sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I was working graveyard at, uh, this insurance company and, um, my wife, gives me a call like in the middle of the night. She, she, (laughs) so we just had our first daughter. She had just gotten out of the shower and then she heard like, she hears a kind of a tap, tap, tapping out of the um, bathroom window. And she Uh kind of peers there and there was a, a a tweaker with a lead pipe trying to climb up and get in. Oh God. So she's showering. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was showering. So anyways, long story short, we ended up moving out of that house. Couldn't sell it. So we rented it. Uh, and then we moved into my in-laws. Um, at that time, my wife had recently finished nursing school and was working, and then I was following her footsteps and I had just uh, gone into nursing school. So um, I was, this, this whole time, uh, well I guess towards the, towards the end of um, senior year in nursing school, uh, ended up buying our first Rental property that was so we had we had our sharp house that we were renting out, and then we purchased a, another property that was a purposeful rental. So, and, your first rental w- were you able to make money on the rental yeah, income? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, we ended up buying it with the intent to sell it on a lease option, okay. And we were making $500 a month on it, really good deal. Oh, okay. and we ended up selling that probably four or five years after the fact. And probably ended up taking home 50 grand from, from the proceeds of it. So it was a, it was a great, great, uh, great rental for sure. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have the real estate bug at this time. Um, just graduated nursing school, started working, um, full time night shift, uh, at Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart 6 South, which is a cardiac transplant unit. Um, and basically, I was I was a nurse by night, and I'd wake up and start handwriting letters. At this time, nobody was doing it, so I was like the only person doing yeah. the yellow handwritten letters. Hi, my name is Nathan. I want to buy your house at you know, one two three Main Street. Selling or uh, sending them off, I would uh, handwrite them in b- about batches of a hundred and, and mail them out. <laughs> Back then, I was getting about a twelve percent response rate. Wow! I know that was yeah. Nobody was doing it, so wow. uh, yeah. And, uh, and and now you have like seven, eight people doing it. Oh yeah, just timing mean, the, the market. I'm joking. It's probably a lot higher. Than that. Saturated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Double, triple that for yeah. sure. Um, So yeah, back back in the good old days, I, yeah, yeah, had a huge response rate and yeah, over ten percent. It's pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, So uh, I was again working full time as a nurse, night shift, and handwriting letters and talking to people during the day and going on meetings ended up getting my first deal under contract what kind of meetings were you going to seller sell, seller appointments oh okay yeah
0: yeah gotcha. just just going on, as going on appointments as
1: as the yeah yeah as as a buyer okay um so yeah got got my first deal locked up ended up wholesaling it to a uh a, a fairly decent sized fix and flipper a really good friend of mine now um Jake Evans in okay. in in town. He was He's uh, been on this podcast. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, him and I've been talking a lot recently. Um but uh So uh, could we back up a little? Yeah, bit? yeah, back up. Uh, how did you learn how to wholesale? Oh, podcasts. Okay. Podcasts and yeah, I was just consuming all sorts of information. So it, yeah, really podcasts and then there were a couple um online websites that I you know, like uh, Matt Terrio's Epic Real Estate Investing, yeah. Sean Terry's Flip to Freedom Academy. Those were both very instrumental in in my early years. How did that first wholesale go? Good. I made five grand okay. on it. Took took all that and rolled it into, um, yeah, into marketing. Got okay. really excited. So you reinvested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reinvested. Started talking to the my other nursing uh, coworkers and doctors at, uh, at, at the hospital and everyone thought I was crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, fast forward a uh, couple years. So I, I was at the hospital a couple years and um, then just gradually was able to work my way out of a job and ended up going full-time, hired an acquisition guy, um, and then just kind of grew it slowly f- through there.
0: Okay. Well, what, what was it like going from nursing to being a full-time real estate investor? Like, were you working more as a nurse or more as an investor?
1: Um, my whole... So Sacred Heart treated me very well. Um, I had such a great opportunity there. I had... The last year, I had essentially full freedom over my schedule. So I would, I would be supplemental. And essentially, I had to work like one, one weekend a month like three, three or four days total. So, as when investing was slow, when the real estate side of things were slow, I would just ramp up my hours at uh, at the hospital. Okay. And when investing was you know hot and heavy, then I was able to uh, reduce my hours at the hospital. That's very nice. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was very nice. It was very nice. I could just kind of crank it up or, or down as like with as, a, like an actual dial. Yeah, pretty much. I can work this much this yeah, week. What do yeah, you think? Exactly. Sure. Just, just give him a call and <laughs> hey, put me on the schedule. I would do a lot of uh, uh, doubles and triples. So like I would I would work at this point I was working swing shift, um, which is 3 to 11.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: 3 p.m. to 11 or yeah, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, and then I would work a double. So then I would work 11 to seven and all that was, uh, time and a half. And then I would, uh, uh, get a little bit of sleep and go in the next day, um, at 3 PM and all of that, that entire shift was double time. So I would just, you know, do that a couple times a month and just raking the money and kind of not work for a while.
0: Right on. Was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so at this time, how old were you? Do you remember Oh. Uh, this was probably 8 or 9 years ago. 8 or 9 years ago. Okay, wow. All right. Yeah. So you're in your mid 20s, ish. Or uh late upper, late, late 20s. Yeah. And um, okay. And yeah. and you had the option pretty much to go to as a full-time investor yeah. if you wanted. Yeah. And this was in um, the market wasn't so hot either.
1: No. No. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. Uh,
0: so so since you started, you you've pretty much been through a full cycle you kind of you kind of started just before the market kind of tanked pretty, pretty hard right pretty, yeah yeah
1: i mean i and then the the first my first investment property was the house that we lived in and we were accidental investors um so if you want to count that then you can count it um if not then it was uh, probably a couple years after after the crash kind of when things started to kind of come back up a little bit
0: yeah uh, yeah so um in your opinion what, as a real estate investor is it harder these days to work as a real estate investor or easier well like with the market being so hot
1: that's a that's a good question um I think it's I think it's harder just because competition i mean you, there's a lot yeah. of competition out there right now um and just with uh, the the market being hot, sellers are very very demanding of what they what they want to get what they can get on on the house, so it's it's a lot more a lot more digging that you have to do,
0: yeah, you know it's funny, I think I have to kind of correct people sometimes when they when they understand how hot the market is here, and like man, as a realtor, you must just be loving this, huh, and I'm just like, not at all <laughs> <laughs> like if you're working with a buyer, you're competing with thirty other people sometimes, right, right. yeah, like it's not I would much rather be back in two thousand eleven. Uh-huh. Where I'd have thirty houses to show somebody if they wanted, because they're all just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And as a buyer's agent, have, it's easy. It, take a pick. Yeah, yeah. Working for a seller, not as hard. Right, right. <laughs> but um, everything's uh, everything's relative, I guess. But it's yeah. very interesting. How people, the public perception of the real estate market is always like, oh, they must be making a killing. Mm-hmm. Easy work.
1: There's, and there's we're just working it.
0: ten times harder now, yeah, because of the, all the competition. Exactly. The inventory crisis. Lack of
1: inventory, yeah, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge factor.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but th- times are still good. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I
1: I I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Times are times are great. Um, with with difficulty comes comes growth and change, and just learning how to adapt to to a, a, a new market. Yeah, and that's that's been interesting. That's been fun. So, uh,
0: how old were you when you kind of just got out of nursing completely, or are you still in it?
1: No, no, I've kind of hung my license. I threw my threw my hat over the fence, burned my chips, you know, whatever <laughs> metaphor you want to use. I'm I'm no longer a nurse. Okay. And don't get me wrong, I, I absolutely love the nursing profession. It was it was a great profession, did me well. I have a handful of family members that are uh, in the nursing field. So I have the utmost respect to the medical community as a whole.
0: For sure. Just seems like a lot of work. It is. It's a
1: lot of work. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so at what point did you start hiring help
1: and what did that look like? Um, yeah, so early on, uh, I hired my, my first, uh, acquisition guy, um, I, I can't remember how much business I was doing, um, but it had it had just gotten to a point where I was doing absolutely everything, and I I I don't feel like I am I I, I can sell I'm a pretty good sales guy, but I'm I don't really like doing that. I yeah. kind of like being behind the scenes and just kind of uh, pulling the strings strings from behind <laughs> the scenes there. I can totally um, relate. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up. Uh, it was it was early on, probably within the first year of of me leaving um, or kind of going out on my own. Is when I started uh, finding searching for for uh, acquisition guy. Um, yeah, just put a ad on. Uh, I think what the Upwork, not Upwork. That's more virtual assistant route, but. Um, uh, just whatever you know monster.com hotjobs.com just kind of some of the uh, the advertisements um, job advertisements uh, throughout the spokane area uh, and then blasted it to my buyers' list and actually got a um, got a recommendation from one of my competitors. It was his friend that um, was essentially looking looking for an opportunity and yeah yeah brought him on and yeah it, it had yeah went went great. So. It did go great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely difficulty there in, like, training him and uh, showing him how I wanted it done versus, like, his natural tendencies. Yeah. Um, did he
0: have any experience?
1: Not with real estate, but in, in, sales, but in sales he did. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so were you
0: following any kind of model when you started
1: putting a team together? Or um, did you just wing it? I was – so a lot of it comes down to – Um, just kind of some of the, I know at that point I was really into some of the Sean Terry's, uh, scaling, you know, he had a course out. I can't remember what it's called, but it's essentially, um, maybe a hundred K month wholesaler or something like that. But it it talks about, uh, talks about bringing on, bringing on staff and, and finding the right person for, for each role. So I was kind of following Following along that blueprint, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, what What were some of your biggest challenges when bringing on
1: staff? Um, just get, get, getting them trained and uh, having them understand exactly what it was we're doing, how we make, how we generate a profit, um, kind of the 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 bigger picture scope and how we are, how we are to take care of the, of the individual, the, the seller and make sure that, you know, their interests are, are covered and they're, they're being well taken care of as well. Um, and, and it was just a lot of sales, uh, sales and my, my, my system, my way of, of doing things, um, is that was probably the, the, so just, biggest challenges i mean you're you're a business owner you you bring on people so training staff mm-hmm. and retaining them and and making sure that you have a rock star in the seat is is probably one of the bigger aspects of your job
0: yeah i mean it's uh it's 80 percent is yeah you'd like to focus on just doing that uh-huh um yeah that's that's definitely, I mean, that's, uh, sometimes you lose focus about that and you just go right back in, uh, me anyway, right, I'll just right. go right, I'll just dive right back into the business uh-huh. instead of like pull myself out and try to put it back together and put people in place that are going to be doing way better than I, because I've learned that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with buyers. I'm pretty good with sellers, Uh huh. but I can find people that are way better than me. Yeah. And um, what I'm really good at is bringing in a lot of leads. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. So why don't I just focus on that and bring in the sales staff, bring in the admin staff, let everybody work in harmony, and just s- stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, was, um, I have to keep reminding myself every couple I, months.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, I always, I mean, I, I would I would train them really good. They would be doing their thing. But I was constantly coming in and, you know, kind of stirring up the pot. Every, yeah. Everything is, is good. It's going yeah. good. Uh, I think I should go in there and like kind of create some problems, <laughs> create some chaos. Natural habit. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You it's, can't help it's yourself. <laughs> weird how that is a fact of life.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so what what were you mostly focusing on when building this acquisition team? Were you guys wholesaling mostly or were you buying all these properties uh, to hold were you yeah, fixing I, and flipping? I, I know it was a combination of a lot, but was there anything that you mostly focused on as your main strategy? Uh,
1: yeah, by and large, wholesaling was kind of our, our bread and wholesaling. butter. Wholesaling, okay. Yeah. And then um, started to implement more creative acquisition mm-hmm. strategies, seller financing, taking over properties uh, subject to the existing mortgage. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I started acquiring more, uh, more rentals. And I, I mean... Wasn't that much, but it was uh, you know one for every I don't know ten we wholesaled or so, uh, ten to fifteen we wholesaled. Uh, I did a couple flips, but yeah, at that at that point in time, I would uh, much rather have a fifteen twenty thousand dollar wholesale fee than a thirty thousand dollar thirty five thousand dollar flip profit. Just that takes
0: that. ten times more time. Yeah, the, ex- <laughs> the expediency. Or Fifty the... times more. time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah opportunity cost okay um do you mind sharing a little bit about like what your rental portfolio looks like and or do you have mostly like uh multi-family or single families or one it's all that you prefer? all single family right now it's all single um, family okay. yeah yeah um you have any opinions on why that is or is that or the or were those just, just the opportunities that came that's, by
1: that's my yeah just my bread and butter it's your that's bread and that's what i market to so i have um yeah, all single family, uh, ten, 10 doors right now. So all single families nice. except a duplex. I bought this duplex uh, not too long ago, so it's currently being renovated. Um, I just recently bought another single family. That'll be a over by uh, Holy Family Hospital in Spokane. Um, so that'll be uh, just a long-term buy and hold and have a, a seller-financed um duplex under contract to purchase at the end of the month um on the south hill in in spokane so that's kind yeah. of i'm i'm reshifting my focus to encompass more more cash flow or more, more buy and hold gotcha
0: do you ever think back on like the properties that you fixed and flipped and just wonder what it would have been like if you would have just tried to keep it as a rental and refinanced yeah and like kind of played the burr strategy
1: yeah uh, there... I, absolutely um yeah, I kicking myself in the <laughs> teeth all the time. I, yeah. yeah, every time I go home, I drive past a house. It's a just the, uh, two houses that I had that I wholesaled for um, for just really realistically just pennies if yeah. I would have held on to the, for, held on to it for the long term. Uh, yeah, one is on uh, Alberta. Uh-huh. Heading, heading home in Spokane, and the other is on A Street. They're super close to each other, five minutes from my house, and I ended up, uh, I don't know, I made 30 grand on one, and I think five or seven grand on the other, but I wish I would have held on to those. Yeah, And so many other properties that uh, that I kind of drive by pretty frequently, and it's like, oh, I flipped that, and Probably should have held on to it, <laughs> but I mean that's 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 kind of the dilemma as yeah. as a as a investor. You're it's you're always weighing. There's always weighing the balance between the quick buck or the the long term wealth building machine. Yeah. So you can't have yeah. you can't have both of them. You got to make some cash. You have to make your, some cash. Yeah.
0: To keep the business running. Yeah. Exactly. And all that because rentals are definitely they they definitely absorb more cash up front. Yeah. For sure. for sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, especially if uh if you if you can't get your cash back out of it that you inject in. Yeah. If if a lot of that's just sitting in there, then you know, it's just sitting in there until you can either refinance it or um or yeah, sell it and then roll the proceeds into another property or something. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: What is one of the best wholesale- wholesaling stories that you have for us? Most interesting or chaotic?
1: Um, I'm sure you've got to have a couple, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Simple or chaotic? Um, is, well, just recently, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you two. Uh, so a couple years ago, it, it was actually a deal that didn't go through. Um, and you'll soon find out why it didn't go through. Um, it was a duplex in the West Central area. Um, I, was, I was talking to the seller. One day, it was like a Friday night um, uh-huh. or a Friday, Friday during the day. And he needed to uh, like get these squatters that were in the top unit out. He lived in the bottom unit. So he was just adamant that hey i should come over and introduce myself as the new buyer and we can like strong, strong arm these these guys to get out of there and you know call the police and you know it's <laughs> going to be just a the the an epic scene yeah um so i was like honestly i pro- i probably would have gone over there if i was dressed appropriately but i was wearing my nirvana shirt and just sweatpants and yeah. I was just feeling lazy. I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, so I just said, just get a, uh, a lawyer involved. We, I mean, that's, that's the best way to do it. Um, my, I was uh, kind of laying in bed with my wife two days later, and she was scrolling on a news feed and showed me a shooting that took place um, in oh, the God. West Central area. And as I was diving more and more into it, I found out that it was my seller that got shot. Like later wow. on that afternoon, that evening, he went up and confronted the, uh, the squatters and they ended up shooting him, killing him right there. So if I had been there, wow. I could have gotten shot as well. Yeah. And that was, that was a huge kind of wake up call.
0: <laughs> Man, glad you wore your sweatpants that day. Yeah, huh? I, I
1: am too. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for sweatpants and Nirvana. Oh yeah. <laughs> good music. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely it is. Yeah. I grew up listening to Grunge. Um, Did you
0: ever try calling that
1: guy? Uh, Did after I found part. out he was dead, I, I, it was so that dill kind of fell apart and then I ended up getting into, uh, his, I was able to reach out to his family. Um, and it, yeah, it was, nothing came of that. I didn't push it because I, I, I didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. it's too bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've tried confronting squatters before on a property I bought once that I, I, I sold, I bought this house and the people that um sold it they moved right back in right after we closed <laughs> <laughs> and like claimed like you never sold this to us what are you talking oh, <laughs> it was just and um it could have it could have gone pretty bad they were i think on meth or something yeah um yeah 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 i don't i don't go confront people anymore no. i have i have a great property manager
1: that will do that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i, I do too yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Um, so that was that was one story that just popped in my head. Uh, another mm-hmm. story, was it's not a wholesaling story per se, but... Oh, that's okay. Um, working with this property, this seller, he owns a house in Pasco. So last year we were, last few years anyways, we were expanding our operations out of kind of this area um, into Tri-Cities, Yakima, Moses Lake... Missoula, so we were kind of ex- expanding our reach. Um, so I have this uh, property in under contract in uh, in Pasco. Um, the seller lives in Florida, and his sister was squatting in it in in Pasco. So, yeah. long story short, we ended up. Uh, I I w- partnered with uh, a good friend of mine, Elliot Smith, out of uh, um, out of just the Tri Cities area. So we partnered on it and uh, ended up paying the tenant to vacate, and she did, and she signed signed over all the uh, documents and, and everything. Anyways, it was Fourth July fifth, so the week after or the day after Fourth of July, um, my buddy Elliot calls me and says, "Hey, our house is no longer there; <laughs> it had burnt down." So. Oh yeah, so we yeah it was. Did you have uh, insurance in place. We had insurance. We had really good insurance. Had a really really good payoff. Oh, um, it's probably my best deal to date. <laughs> because of the insurance. Because of the insurance, yeah. Nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend uh, making a business model out of that though. So what did you do with the land? Did you just we rebuild sold it. on it, or you just yeah, sold the land? we sold it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. There was wow. a police investigation because. Did the tenants burn it down? Uh, that's what we were thinking, but. The fire marshal essentially said it was a, it was a discarded cigarette, improperly discarded cigarette or, uh, like fireworks. So he found Mm. residue of both on, on the ground. So we were, we were cleared of any wrongdoing, which Elliot was out of town. I was out of town as well. So, yeah, we both had alibis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: renovating this place right now. And if it burnt down, um, I don't think a fire marshal would be able to tell which cigarette it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like thousands <laughs> all over inside the house. It's oh, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's go back a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, so you brought ahead. on your first acquisitions guy, right? Um. What is that like? What does that look like? What do you pay that person? Is it is it a salary or is it a combination of a salary and commissions? Um. um
1: it was. If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Early, so it 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 changed so i've i've gone through a couple different evolutions of of my business early on um it was uh, i think 18% so i hired them okay. on as a 1099 didn't pay them salary they were just commission only um give them 18% of whatever the wholesale fee was uh and then uh later on i mean this was last year or really early on this year um Implemented, a, a salary and then, uh, like a, a tier structure that, okay. that rewarded on, on volume. So it was kind of a, uh, escalating tier structure that, okay. that really emphasized volume and, and the spread. Gotcha. Yeah. And you
0: had also, you got your license at one point too. Yeah. Er, was early
1: that... on. Yeah. Early on, I got my license, um, yeah. Did you feel that was beneficial? Because I think
0: you you let it go eventually, right? Yeah. Or do you still have it? Yeah. Okay. No, I. I so you just didn't need it, right?
1: I, I didn't. I didn't need. No, I. For what I was doing, I didn't need it. I probably shouldn't have gotten it. I had never, never listed a property, so even my flips, I, I wouldn't list. Okay. Um, I think I represented maybe two different buyers. It just it just became a huge pain and a hassle. Gotcha. Staying up to date with uh, continuing education, like disclosing I am a agent with such and such brokerage oh, on, on every, every mailer that you send out mailer marketing piece on my uh website landing page I had to just throw it out to the masses that, hey well by the way I'm an agent with such and such company and right. it just began began to be a burden I had to run the uh my wholesale fees my wholesale deals through the brokerage um so just extra layer of scrutiny which is fine and it didn't bother me because we were doing everything above board yeah. um it just was cumbersome and tiring and yeah, I, d- I didn't need to do it.
0: Gotcha. So since the pandemic, did you scale back a little bit or yeah, did you, Oh I yeah. Did. Do you mind opening up yeah, about absolutely. what went
1: on there? Um, yeah, so in fourth quarter of last year, I ended up, uh, bringing on, uh, a COO, um, really, really smart dude very business-savvy guy. Him, uh-huh. and I, him and I got along great. I still so love him to this day. Um, we, we so brought him on and uh, really... So he was essentially taking what I wanted to do at the time, which was scale this wholesaling company and go into multiple markets and, and, and just have a, a very fine-tuned system. And he was helping me uh, execute it and, and work through it. So in that process... I made everyone salary, got an office, uh, gave them office hours, um, which in in retrospect I don't know if that was the best way to go about it because I was I was very kind of loosey goosey. I was very just kind of free, like yeah, if you want to come in, come in, <laughs> as long as you're getting your work done. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a very very 1099 feel. But I wanted more, I needed, I felt like I needed to have more control so I can maintain continuity in, in the and like me marketing and ensuring that the leads were going to get handled. Um, right.
0: Yeah. You want to like ensure consistent workflow. Exactly. And you can't have that if, um, if all your sales staff is like, yeah, we'll yeah. just work when
1: we want. Eh, I'm going to take a week off Yeah, I'll go across country, you know, whatever. Um, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically made it feel very corporate. Um, brought everyone in to the office, office hours. Uh, and we had a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a couple, couple of the guys really didn't like it. And in retrospect, I understand why they why they didn't like it. Um, yeah. But we were able to kind of get everything in place and and start start growing it. had to make some hard decisions. Uh, but yeah, we were kind of in full growth mode. Uh, things were looking good. Um, ramping up the marketing had just some really good systems in place. Uh, and then, and then COVID hit and, Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of foiled everything. Yeah. Um,
0: can't just show up to the office anymore.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were, yeah, we So we were at a co-work space uh, downtown, and it was getting to the point where um, we were the only ones there. We were the only ones showing up, and it just it felt weird. It felt creepy being there because there was nobody else around, yeah. nobody out, outside walking downtown. I mean, this it's is like downtown walking Spokane. Walking it's Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So there was just this. You should have seen Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> it's like a normal day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what virus? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just, it got very, yeah, it just got very weird to be there. So ended up telling everyone just, you know, stay at home, continue to work. Uh, and then, um, fortunately we didn't really have any deals fall apart. It was really hard to keep some of the things on, like on track that were set to close. So I had a, had a slew of closings, um, come up, got everyone paid from that and then I ended up just having to uh, lay lay people off like just pretty much the entire entire staff off um, and yeah things were really really rough for for a while um, people didn't know if they were coming back um, yep. and essentially that that uh, um, that temporary layoff turned more or less into a, a permanent layoff. Okay. Um so some of the key guys ended up getting new jobs and i i didn't in retrospect i didn't go about it very well um right yeah so I, there's a lot of a lot of regret well, it's a confusing time it, yeah incredibly confusing yeah um but in that in that time period uh I kind of had a i don't know, for lack of better term a come to Jesus moment with like my business and yeah like what I wanted to accomplish. I, so I, I felt like I was, I was doing what I was doing essentially for the wrong reasons. Um, I was, my overall goal was to uh, have, have freedom. Um, and it wasn't until I really began to have time to reflect on, you know, is the path that I'm going down is that going to give me the freedom that I want? And it was—it wasn't. No, it was it was it was a bit of an illusion. It's incredibly hard to have a self-managing wholesale company. I mean, it's—it's it's arguably possible, but the effort that it takes to get to that point is—is—is um, is, uh, is, is, yeah, it's—it's it's tough. It's very tough. So I was, I was yeah. kind of going around that, that route. There was discord um, and contention at home, at my family, just because I was working so much. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I call it the gift of COVID that had that chance to sit down, have that come to Jesus moment, reflect on really what I wanted. And really what I, what I wanted, why I originally entered um, the real estate space in the first place was for cash flow. And for freedom, and to yeah. spend time with my my family and my friends and those closest to me, and, and increase the the relationships. Um, so that's when I started focusing on, uh, yeah, just re refocusing, less wholesaling. Um, if I'm more more kind of quick, if I was going to quick turn something, um, I would I would buy it, close on it, you know, carpet paint, throw it on the market. Um, make a uh, make more than if I was uh, if I if I wholesaled it um, mm-hmm. or and and also just buying more uh, buying holds, so that's kind of been my focus is less wholesaling. Um, if I have something, I'm trying to milk as much as I possibly can out of it. Whereas wholesaling, it's uh, it's a very transaction business, so you're just in and out as as quick as you can. But now because the deals are fewer and uh, and far between, uh, I'm trying to milk as much as I as I can out of out of each deal, and okay. then cherry picking um, just the the ones I want to hold on for long term for long term rentals. So, are you continuing to market, and are you the one I, responding? Um, yeah. So right now I have uh, Darren, who's my South African VA. He handles oh, okay. all my calls. Um, so I've I've done very very minimal marketing. Um, right now, as of actually this week, I've, I'm increasing it. But in the process of kind of redefining my business early early on in the year, this year and late last year, um, I ended up changing uh, our CRM platform um, to a new system. And it's incredibly robust, specifically when it comes to creating your own follow-up campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I created some really intense follow-up campaigns, and then what I ended up doing was uh, transferring the leads from our old system into our new system and had a specific follow-up campaign for the transfer that it would immediately kind of kick them, uh, 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 awaken awaken them again, awaken the leads. So most of the stuff I've been doing and most of the deals I've been buying have been from just old leads that, that have kind of come to fruition since since they've been kicked over to our new system and and, and reinitiated a, a robust follow-up campaign. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of um, – yeah, we – I don't know. We barely spend anything in marketing, and we've already done like I think 100 deals as of – yesterday
1: (laughs) 100 deals yeah our our small team
0: Uh uh-huh holy cow um and that's um and we don't like we don't buy zillow leads or anything like that it's all just what's in our database and responding to people that want to move to idaho yeah (laughs) that are responding on our listings right and just just having our networking you know real estate investor meetups
1: that's crazy good man um
0: and um i didn't think it could ever get to something like that where we can do that kind of volume with not spending a dime. Yeah. On, you know, cold leads. Right. Um. So, it's possible. You just gotta. You already got this expensive database that you built. Yeah, absolutely. You can always yeah, just expensive. reach out to them again. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> automatically. Right. Yeah, Auto- automatically.
1: That's. Yeah, fortunes in the right. follow up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, now now I'm kind of kicking kicking up some marketing. Um, so I have deals in the pli- pipeline right now. I have. Um. I think four rehabs going on, um so yeah, and uh, a bit, a pretty big meaty wholesale deal that's supposed to close either today or tomorrow. So oh, okay, yeah, I've, I've been busy and it's just so you're doing pretty you're much doing five meat. renovations or sorry four renovations. You said yeah, so I have have one on the market. uh to, These are fix and flips. Yeah, yeah, okay, one on the market. Now um, hold on, why don't you keep them? Because I, I am keeping some of them. So okay. <laughs> of the, okay, so we've got one on the market right now. Uh, two that are being renovated, both those are flips. Uh-huh. Uh, and then two other units that are being renovated. That's my duplex. And then uh, the single family house that I just I just bought. So it's a duplex and this other single family house that uh, I'm keeping as rentals. And these other three, uh, they just don't meet my minimum cash flow standards. So. Gotcha. Selling them and making some money on it.
0: And you mentioned you got about you got like ten rentals right now. Ten, 10 doors. Ten doors. Yeah. Um, would if if you had to shut down your wholesale business um, completely, could you bear? Could you live on the cash flow?
1: Not yet. Not yet. Not okay. yet. Okay.
0: But that's how how far away do you think you are? How many more units?
1: Um, I am. I'm probably halfway there. Halfway. I still okay. have I still have a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but it. I I'm I'm very conservative when it I I you know I factor in vacancy and and lease up fees and yeah. um all that so when so a, a, a property may be kicking out you know six hundred dollars a month in cash flow but I'm only going to count you know two hundred fifty of that because right. I'm because you're aside. saving up for a roof yeah and yeah all that other all that stuff. all that other jazz so um okay yeah. do you do your own property management no. No, no, smart man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. When it comes to buy and holds, I want to be as hands off as possible. I don't just want to just forget tenants. it. Yeah, yeah. It's do, you, do you even pay the utility
0: bills, or do you have the property no. manager do all that?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah well, the uh, the tenant the tenant does if okay. it's a single family house, um, and so in a couple houses in the valley, there's the the sewer assessment. Um, so yeah, property manager pays that. Gotcha.
0: That's great. So, and, and you were able to just go on this long, nice trip, right? Yeah. This RV trip. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> did so you have to do work from the road or were we able to a little bit, stay off? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, that lead that you were working for me that you went and visited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was, that was all kind of pretty much from the road. From the road. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, but you no, know, I, w- I was able to, I had, I had shut down my marketing, um, the little bit of marketing that I was doing a couple of weeks before, cause I just wanted to enjoy this, this time, enjoy this trip. I went with my good buddy, Elliot and, uh, his wife, Christy and their little son, Monty. So it was our two families. Oh, uh, cool. He rented a, a tow behind trailer. We rented a 35 foot class ARV and ended up going to Glacier to, uh, Yellowstone, um, to Missoula to Yellowstone, nice. Idaho Falls, just, yeah, two weeks. It was a it was a blast. That's that that was fun. actually a little bit of a, we were kind of testing it out to see how, a, how potential RV life would, would work for a family. And we determined that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real possibility. And this is something that we want to do. So I think um, towards the end of this year, we're going to try to buy a big old Class A RV. Right and on. And then, yeah, early springtime, Uh, next year hit the road and probably be gone for three to four months and cross country road trip and just just live life yeah why not yeah why not that's awesome yeah that's great well thanks for
0: coming today is there anything else do you have any advice for like newer investors out there that are just getting started that just they don't know where to start they don't know if they should just i don't know why everyone gets dragged into wholesaling right away i know um i me personally i think that's like a way advanced strategy but I could be wrong. (laughs) Do you have any advice for newer investors
1: that want to just jump in? Um, So wholesaling is an exit strategy. Um, It's one of many strategies. So anyone that's in investing really needs to come to grips with what they want. Uh, Do they want cash or do they want cash flow? Um, And if it's Cash flow. How many properties? How many uh, cash-producing properties do you need to get one of your cash flow properties? So just having your 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 vision um, very well stated on exactly what what you're wanting to do. Okay. Um, so first, figure out what you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you there's... want rental
0: income, or do you just want cash?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and and probably. The most important thing that I could say is um, that that I'm now really just coming to grips with and really just learning um, is uh, it's all about the journey. It's not about the destination. So yeah, the, the growth comes along the journey. Once once you get there, um, happiness is is so fleeting. So you 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 get you get a deal. You're super happy. And then the next day, or even later on in the afternoon, you're kind of, you're dopamine wallowing drops. a little bit. Yeah, your, do- your dopamine <laughs> drops and, and you need that next fix. Um, so if we, <laughs> if you can at all get to a place where, where you're just, you're happy, you're content, and as you're moving along in your journey, um, you're, you're, you're enjoying what you're doing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the journey and it's not the destination.
0: Nice. Well stated. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Anything else you want to add or should we just bounce? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. That was great. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Shed Podcast. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel for instant access to all future episodes. If you or someone you know has investing experience or stories to share, reach out to us in the comments or via email.